Hi, I'm Austin, and this is Hort Bajir Chronicles. Kepha. As you rest beneath the flowers of Mother Sky, your mind starts to put together memories that never really happened, but pieces of them did. And in these memories, you climb high into the canopy with your father. Uh, He's climbing ahead of you, and his neck curls back to keep an eye on you and around branches to find better holds. He brings you to a thin, yet sturdy branch. And it bounces just a little bit as you land on it. You see just a thin layer of leaves separating you from Mother Sky. But it's up high, very high. We go there. Dakami points to a shadow behind the leaves. Jump. You glance up and you know that it's too far. You know that you would have to somehow get past those leaves before you could grab the branch. I'm going to look around for a way to uh, propel myself up through the leaves. As you are looking around and you move further down this branch, you feel it bounce underneath you a little bit and you kind of realize if you push down on this branch that you're standing on it has some give that might help all right is there anything sort of heavy near me that i could try and grab uh there is actually yes this big fruit that hangs from this tree that you're on it's it's kind of like uh what you would see as a coconut but it, the fur on it is this yellow, like, tinge, and, like, the hard shell is yellow. Cool. I'm going to try and grab it. You jump up and kind of grab onto it and pull it down. Sweet. And then I'm going to take it with me out to the edge of this branch and start bouncing. Uh, and as soon as I get a really, like, to the apex of the bounce, or whatever the bottom would be, not apex, but... Yeah, the z Yeah, the z exactly. Um, as soon as I get to that, uh, I'm going to let it go and propel myself upward. Give me an a- uh, athletics or acrobatics check. And as you do this, you do vroom, shoot up into the air. And you can do it with advantage. Hoo-hoo! Sorry. I got excited. <laughs> me too. Yeah, hell yeah. You shoot up into the air and... You look over your shoulder as your Dak, your father, is jumping up and down, celebrating as he did not expect this from you. And you are flying up and you see these leaves and you're shooting towards them very fast. What do you do? I think I'm just going to, like, streamline myself and make myself as as aerodynamic as possible, like as small as possible to try and get through. Like I'm diving, kind of. Uh, you shoot up and as your claws 
pierce these leaves, uh, they turn your body a little bit and you start to spin and the rest of your blades just shred these leaves as you shoot up and you see a branch and you reach your hand up. Uh, roll me a athletics check this time. Okay. You, As you break through these leaves and reach towards this branch, you seem to hang there for a second and you see that Mother Sky is a light pink, like a palmico lily. The light seems to engulf your entire body as you're hanging here. And you feel the tug in your midsection as your time in the sky is starting to come to an end and you reach for the branch. You stretch. The rest of your body begins to feel that pull back down and you feel the top of your claws slide into the bark. You push yourself to tighten your grip and you feel your claws slide to the very edge of this branch and you're hanging on by just the tip. And then you dig deep into the branch and you pull yourself as hard as you can against the force that's pulling you down and you win. You manage to get your whole claw wrapped around enough to begin to lift yourself up onto the branch. And you see still beneath you Dak cheering. Kefa, see, you are stronger. You are braver, you are different. Even though you are small and you, you see him start to bounce on the branch as well. You have figured it out. And he whoo, shoots up into the air. He grabs onto the bark beside you. And he says, you do not need to do it alone, Kefa. Work Bajir stronger together. I think Keva's going to take a second and um, she's kind of shrunk down after he said Keva different. And she's going to be like, but Hork-Bajir don't like different. Hork-Bajir not know all the time what good for them. But Keva not only different, Keva special. Seer sent to Hort Bajir for a reason. What reason? He uh, stands up on the branch you all are on and reaches up and uses one of his wrist blades to slice, slice off a piece of bark, grabs it with his claws and slices it in half and hands it to you, hands one to you and sits back down and starts to eat the bark and he says, no way to know for sure. Kefa must wait. Kefa must watch, and Kefa must figure it out. But, and he leans towards you and kind of bumps his shoulder to yours. Hort Bajir stronger together. I help you go as high as you want, Kefa. Kefa want know everything. He uh, laughs a hearty Hort Bajir laugh. Ha, 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 ha. Kefa will know everything. And you two sit there on this branch. And this memory that's not actually a memory, but some parts are, fades away from Kefla. What does Kefa think of when she thinks of Mother Sky? She thinks of home. 
She thinks of pushing herself and observing and learning and knowing. And what does she think of when she thinks of Father Deep? She thinks of danger, but she also thinks of intrigue and of wanting to know. What question does Kefa have about what's coming up or what action does she plan to take the next day in regards to what she's learned the past day? Kefa knows that she needs to go and speak to the other hork She wants to try and find someone as soon as possible to sort of pass the message along. But as soon as she gets enough other hork to pass the message along, she wants to go and find what's going on in Father Deep. As you think on that, and as you're resting, you begin to get a feeling the same kind of feelings you get when you see Mother Sky and you get that feeling of hanging there in that moment. A feeling of in regards to that question and what you're planning. It feels good. It feels like that is a good decision. You get a wheel result, a W-E-A-L result for that. Uh, and you gain the augury power. Oh, sweet. Okay. Did she really get a wheel result? She really got a wheel result and a woman webbing with it. (laughs) (laughs) Got me, Austin. (laughs) (laughs) That will cause Kefa to shoot up with a grunt and wake up the rest of the Hort-Bajir. But before then... It took me a few hours to descend these massive trees, but eventually I made it to the Condrona generator. It was severely damaged and was not working. On top of all that, it had embedded itself into a fallen tree. The tree stretched for almost a hundred feet and I had an idea for a pool, but that would need to come later. I began working on fixing the generator but my dead host's body was having trouble moving around in this environment. It was even slower than usual. Hours passed of me working. I knew that not only my survival, but the rest of my cousin's survival as well, depended on us getting this generator working. We would not be able to scale the trees fast enough for us to return to the generator above every three days. It was just not feasible. We would have no time to do anything else. The sky began to darken above the canopy and pretty much stopped any more working for this day. The Ged's eyes did not see well without the light. I had heard other species didn't need as much to see. A moon hung in the sky and it did shed some light but not enough to work. I decided instead of just sitting here that I would look around the area. There was a rumble and a slight pain in the midsection of my host that signified that it needed sustenance. Lynn hungry, Lynn thought. He did not seem to comprehend the fact that I knew everything that he had thought. I tried to explain it on a few times to him, but the Ged mind wasn't developed enough to understand fully. However, it seems the host did learn some things from being infested by a yerk. I assumed it may just have been by watching, but his mind learned a little quicker with me being in here. He now knew the concept 
of using more advanced tools than just sticks and rocks. He could crack them if I left him in control of his own body. He could not build a Controna generator, but he had learned the concept of combining multiple tools to make a new tool that would make things less difficult. A yerk-infested Ged, who was freed, would thrive amongst their people who had never been hosts. I heard a series of small chitters and movement above me. I looked up and saw glowing orbs from above, all of them in sets of two and set equidistant apart from each other. What those? Lynn wondered. I squinted his eyes and could make out a little bit more. Each of these orbs were surrounded by a silhouette. They were actually the eyes of many creatures perched on branches. They were all staring at us. Beasts, Lynn deduced. I did not have anything but a few sharpened sticks to defend myself. I quickly moved back to the generator and squeezed into the cracks that had made in the fallen tree, not because I was scared, but because it was the best defensive position. If I had to fight these things, I wanted to take away their numbers. But as I waited, they did not move in. Slowly, one by one, they all began to close their eyes. They were sleeping. I sat down inside the tree and saw that most of it was hollowed out already. To make my pool, I would just need to finish the job and open up the top of the tree more. A light from the generator blinked slowly, illuminating the tree tunnel with a red hue. I looked around and found some edible fungus to sustain Lynn's body, and also found some plump grubs that seemed to be what hollowed out the tree thus far. I ate them to give the body a source of protein, and Lynn's body seemed to like the taste. It was pungent, sour, and when I bit into the creature, it exploded into my mouth. With my host body now satisfied, I decided since I could not work, I would reset the Ged's body's fatigue. I closed the Ged's eyes and began to sleep. I woke to a ray of light shining in from the cracks around the Condrona generator, and after a quick peek out and seeing that there were no threats, I climbed back out to begin my work again. But something caught my eye. There was a satchel laying just under the generator. I moved to the satchel and tried to retrieve it, but it was stuck and I couldn't get into it. I pulled as hard as my Ged body host could, and after a few minutes, parts of the satchel ripped and opened. It sent the contents flying and I fell back. The satchel held mostly tools, which was exactly what I needed to speed up my process with the generator. There was also a scanner, but what I was most glad to see was an Andalite shredder. I wouldn't have to rely on sharpened sticks to defend myself anymore. I gathered up the tools, mended the satchel as best I could with what I had, and with the shredder easily accessible, I climbed back out to fix the generator. The day passed as I worked. With my tools, I made significant progress in the generator. I had a light now so I could work through the night, and I would probably have it working in the morning. The rest of the yurks still hadn't arrived. I knew they would wait for reinforcements from orbit, but I would need help clearing the tree for the pool and reinfesting Lynn after I had replenished. There was a short-range communication device in the satchel, but it was broken and I hadn't time to fix it yet. So there was no way to contact the ship above. The sun once again set and I saw the creatures reappear in the night. I kept a watchful eye, but still continued my work. And just as I thought, I, I did have the generator working when the sun began to shine through the openings of the canopy. My dead body was tired again. 
I had eaten more of the fungus and grubs, but these dead bodies needed to sleep hours of the day, and I had pushed this hose further than it was used to. So I gathered my tools, and with my shredder and the more functional hand, I went to sleep. I woke to a screeching sound. I quickly scrambled up, shredder in hand, and looked for the source of the noise. And that's when I saw one. A towering reptilian creature with a long neck that swayed back and forth as it looked around. Its body had razor-sharp blades at most of the joints. It was dragging its claws along the generator. It had three blades on its head, and its head cocked sideways in confusion. That's when I knew that I would take one of these creatures as my new host. I would be the first yurk to infest the Hort-Bajir. We go back a little bit. Senilian and Alira. Through this night, were you guys taking shifts, um, or did you guys both just sleep? What, what was happening? Ilira was probably going through the rest of Jaheem's stuff and just seeing what else she could find. Um, she probably didn't sleep much, um, just between I'm busy doing my thing and also, like, dangers all around us. Want to keep a, an ear and an eye out? And Senillion would have been marching around, keeping watch, circling their little camp. You all can both then get a short rest, which means you could spend hit night if you need to heal at all. Uh, Elira, during this night, as you search through Jahim's stuff, you find at least enough components to refill your charges for your bracer. Cool. And I was probably working on the shredder as well. Uh, give me an... A technology check, which is Arcana, and uh, you can add your if you have tinker tools. What is it? Arcana. No. Nope. Arcana. Almost. Arcana. Yeah. Arcana. Do I just get deeper? Arcana. Arcana. Oh, just southern. It's southern more. <laughs> yes, it's always southern. <laughs> southern more. I got a twenty-two Arcana. As you get all your components, you get you fix this shredder. And you have a shredder now that you can use. Yeah, the, the night will pass, and then Kefa will grunt, and it will wake the other hork up. Awake. She's going to swing down and start shaking y'all. Awake, awake, awake! Awake. Each. Uh, each is going to do the thing where she isn't quite moving, but she's patting around to see if she can feel for Bronk or the Chidawan. And like, mm. Yeah, you uh, pat his head as he's like at the branch at your feet and you... <laughs> and uh, you see the, Chid- the Chidawan uh, scurry around the tree. Kefa, yes. No wake. Good. We go. Oh. Where? Hortbajir's stronger together. Not answer question. But Find Hortbajir. Oh, and answer question. Answer Home home tree gone. Find others. 
new friends? I hope. So, um, I think Alira will kind of hear that you're all awake, and she had been kind of organizing Jaheem's stuff gently so she didn't wake anyone up. And now that everyone's awake, she's like she starts like chucking things and just like making a huge racket and just like getting shit out of her way. <laughs> That's a mood. Zanelian, <laughs> report, please. Nothing to report around the perimeter. Everything is currently clear and quiet. Good. Thank you. She'll kind of throw some shit on the ground ungracefully into a pile and then turn to the Hork-Bajir. All right. This is your planet. You know it better than us. Where do you think we should head next? We go find friends. We travel. Right, lead the way. And Kefa's gonna start gathering the things that she has, and look around. And she's gonna look at each, and she's gonna look back at her stuff, and she's gonna look at each and go, "Uh, how make, how make?" And she's gonna like, uh, motion to like her her bag. Oh, I will just give you my bag. Oh no. <laughs> can I put this in your purse? <laughs> Do you have pockets? Yeah, you can use my hork bajorn because I think I think Bronk is gonna just run, and Chidu should be okay. Bronk is um, getting a little big for that Bjorn. He'll still ride in it if you let him. But Keffa Keffa's gonna take it for now and be like, "But we make more." Mm. Austin, would I know how to craft that? Yep. I assume you probably made that yourself. So if you want to roll a survival check, you can you can do that. She bought it at Hork Begap. <laughs> <laughs> or you could go to the Hork Begap and just buy one. Hork Gorp Begat. Uh, nope. Excuse you. <laughs> I got it at Hork Topic. <laughs> oh, that's so I'll give you advantage on that one. Yeah, I was going to say with advantage, right? <laughs> yeah. You craft another bag on the way, like, before you guys even get out of Jaheem's uh, scoop area. Kefa very much wants to learn how to do it, so she's going to be watching each the whole time. One over, two under. (laughs) (laughs) Alira's also watching this, and she kind of looks at the shredder that she has and kind of realizes she doesn't have anywhere to put it. (laughs) She's kind of, like, awkwardly trying to tie it to her bag. And then she kind of turns to each and and goes, Do you think you could make me one, perhaps? You want? Please. Hmm. I make. Thank you. We fuck off now? (laughs) What does that mean? Oh, sorry. Sorry. We fuck off now? (laughs) (laughs) Kepha's just gonna, like, roll her eyes and be like, Yes, we go. New friends point at head when talk. <laughs> Y'all Only want to do too. indicating thought speak. <laughs> Y'all Not does this reality. to confuse. <laughs> Y'all does this to confuse whoever is editing episode. Then. <laughs> I think it, it just confuses the listeners. You can't talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sanillion, raise your hand when talking. <laughs> 
Sorry. I'll quit. I'll quit. Oh my god. As you all swing through the branches, brachiate. As you brachiate through the branches, the Andalites are having trouble. This is uh, a tough ground to traverse. I think when Keppa sees that they're having a little bit of trouble on the ground, she's going to like pop down and ask, uh, you know, climb? No, we were not. We did not evolve to climb. There is no grass on the trees. Hmm. New friends skip arm day. You dork. Sanilian's just gonna look at his arms sadly, like. <laughs> <laughs> Take long time on ground. It's true. We could fly. We could fly. We have our coffin bird morphs. I think we should. As you say that, Bronk leaps out off into the air and just lands on the ground beside you guys and just starts running around circles. Jumps up onto a tree and you see his claws dig in and he just starts scaling up the tree. The Chidu, you guys see his each is kind of hanging on a branch looking down. The Chidu jumps off from a branch higher, spreads like its arms and starts to kind of glide down and lands on uh, the end of each's tail. I think Alira's gonna kinda kinda look at Sanillion and do that smile thing with her eyes. And then she's going to say, Bronk, come here, boy. Give me an animal handling check. <laughs> oh god. As you do that, you also see Y'all, who is the highest up in the trees. Uh, y'all, what are you doing up there that is just impressive as a, a being that can climb out climb through the trees? Y'all is swinging from tree to tree without using his arms. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's like, you ever seen, like, you ever a seen whale? a guy? <laughs> <laughs> did, you ever, did you ever have a dream? Did you ever? Oh, did you ever? <laughs> oh, oh, a W-A-E-L? Oh, is that what? W-H-A-E-L. Um, wait, wait, what? Whale. Whale? Whale. I wanted to make it southern, so I don't know what I was talking about. Whale, whale. You ever seen a guy riding... You ever seen a guy riding the bike down the street without using his arms? He's just pedaling? He can ride a bike with no handlebars. It's the same. That's not how I pictured it. I want to ride my bike. It's impressive however he's doing it. He's like, <laughs> he's eating an ice cream bar and, and breaking through the trees. He, he doesn't have an ice cream bar, but it's like the same. Ice cream bark. <gasps> yes. It's from the bark and the trees that are high in the mountains where the cold That's powder is. Just a popsicle stick. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So He's reading the joke off the popsicle bar. <laughs> like, oh, how many horse fajir does it take? That's where I was going. I was trying to think of one. When y'all y'all is good, his mom would go to the freezer and pull out just a cold popsicle stick. <laughs> Here's your treat for today, y'all. She sprinkle leaves on it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Y'all would be like, thank you, you fucking bitch. <laughs> because I'm on an Austin show. 
Absolutely not. <laughs> Although I did see a Cooper's hawk flying today, and I was like, get your hawk, mommy. You should <laughs> As Rusty's, like, looking at me, I will just, like, sometimes be like, you dumb bitch, mommy. Like, that's, that's the face he's giving me. Bronx stops halfway up the tree and turns and, like, looks down at you and uh, his little bitty nub of a tail shakes and he bounds down and as he gets to you, he jumps up uh, and his paws are, like, on your chest. Roll a strength save. Oh, my God. She is taken aback. Oh, my Uh, God. He knocks you down and he's, like, over top of you and just starts licking your face. So good, so strong. She is like very shaken right now, but she's she like reaches up and, and touches the side of his face and starts to acquire him. Each is just doing that thing that the monkeys do when they're excited. And I'm just shaking the branch because I'm such a proud mom. And I was like, <laughs> he's doing so well. As your hand touches the side of his face, he's in the middle of a lick. His tongue stops like right on where an Andalite's mouth would be. And he just is stuck there for a second as he goes slack. My goodness. Okay. <laughs> Smell. And after about six human seconds, <laughs> which is like 600 Hort Bajir seconds or something. But what is it in metric? Met- <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for it. Beat me to it. Lamin. You life a little <laughs> <laughs> You feel a tingle in your fingers and this good feeling kind of shoot up your body and you know that you have uh, recorded this uh, Bronx DNA into your system. Perfect. And then he... <laughs> The uh, tongue finishes and slobbers all over your face. All right. Thank you. Thank you. That's that's fine. Good boy. <laughs> Let us resume our travel, please. He backs up off of you a little bit, but just waits there and wags his tail. <laughs> she gets up and she's like her fur is just like slicked with, <laughs> with drool. And she starts like trying to straighten herself out. Keffa's patting Bronk, like, Bronk-like, Bronk-good boy. Oh, and he jumps up, uh, turns around and jumps up, puts his paws on you, and you make a strength save. Oh, no. (laughs) That's not my good one. Yeah, he turns right around on you and, like, pins you, knocks you to the ground, pins you down, and is just uh, licking all over your beak. Uh, he doesn't even mind any head head spikes or anything. Even if he takes a little cut on his tongue, he likes it. Kefa starts like trying to push him away. He's like, ah, bronk leg less, bronk leg less. <laughs> I'm going to climb down and do the like play fight thing where I'm going to kind of like jump tackle him a little bit and roll around. And... All right. You roll me a straight check. Okay. Hey, when Keffa got knocked down, could Sinillian kind of put out, like, an arm to try and catch? Assuming that the Chaduin? How are you guys pronouncing that? <laughs> it's changed, like, four times. I yeah. never get it right. I say it different uh, yeah. every single time. It was, it was the, the Chadu, and then it the was... The Chadu, but then it the more hits the Chadoin. This one is specifically Chidouin. a Chaduin. 
Yeah. Okay, the Chiduin. Can Sedalian put out an arm for the Chiduin if it gets knocked off Kefa when Kefa gets destroyed by this? Give me a, a, a animal handling check. And uh, each, as you run into Bronk, you do stagger him back when you hit him, but he just stands there and then, like, jumps up, and you all both start wrestling as well, uh, right over Kefa. <laughs> of course, Alex's Andalite would have, like, a hawk-handling glove that she just pulls out. <laughs> to me! Not even a little. <laughs> all of this... Um, commotion is too much for the Chiduin, and it flutters up, uh, or it jumps up, and when it reaches, like, the apex of its jump, spreads its wings and glides down, you put your arm out, and it sees a place to land, and just lands on your arm and starts, like, looking around and preening itself. He's gonna start to acquire it. And in the middle of it, lifting like one of its arm wing type things, it just stops right there. And I f- you feel that tingle go through your body and that good feeling. And uh, you've recorded this Chadu. It's a Chadu, but they've Chadu-in. named it Chadu in. Yes. <laughs> That's what it was. I knew Chadu was the original, but I knew that that was not what we we're calling it. There's no way those tiny arms will hold up a Chadu in. <laughs> How dare you? My arms are sufficient, y'all. <laughs> How ya chidoin? <laughs> oh, easy, easy with the finger bag in there, Emma. <laughs> you're gonna, if you try to hold the chidoin too long, you're gonna end up hurting your eensy. I'll leave. Or oh, you're gonna <laughs> leave. <laughs> Y'all, as you're up in the tree eating a, a popsicle stick and brachiating with no hands, you notice high up a silhouetted figure looking down at you. And as soon as you look towards it, it ducks behind a tree. Mm. 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 And I move closer. Give me an athletics check with advantage because you're on the bark team as you scale these trees. 18. You move gracefully up the street, jumping from branch to branch, scaling, uh, as you've done many times. And as you get up 45 to 50 feet higher, you notice the end of a Hork-Bajir tail slide into the opening of a tree of the level that you're on. Friend! Uh, roll me a perception check. Has to do with hearing, if that matters. Oh, it doesn't matter. I crit. You hear the equivalent to, like, a Hork-Bajir whimper and scuffling going on inside this opening of the tree. Y'all will yell out, it's okay, friend. You still hear like every, the scuffling gets, or the shuffling gets quieter. I'm still headed towards it, by the way. And you're, you're right there. You could, you can peek in now if you want. Okay, yeah, I'll look at it. You peek in and a horse, your fist hits you right in the face. Nope. So this is gonna be against your AC, uh, 16. Yeah. All right, so you take... I have words with you about my armor class, by the way. <laughs> I feel like I'm... But yeah, yes, that does hit. You take two damage. Um, but as, like, you're, you reel back your beak uh, a little sore, and as, like, the flash of light fades from your eyes, you see three young Hort-Bajir 
in this hollowed out tree. Two of them kind of in the back and one kind of standing forward who's just hit you. The one that hits you looks pretty sturdy and muscular for his age, uh, but he has nothing on y'all. Yeah. But in time, he could grow bigger than you. Behind him is a more slimmer, still athletic looking Hort Bajir. Uh, his limbs are a little longer and lakier than the other two, but he stands up in front of the last one who is kind of hunt, crouched down in the corner and he's a little bit more rotund and shorter than the other two. And he has this little vine uh, that hangs down from his mouth. And even though he looks frightened, he still chews on the vine. Y'all is gonna look at him, the one that hit him, and be like, you hit y'all again. Y'all beat that ass. Uh, and then <laughs> he's just gonna like look at everybody and be like, you safe y'all here. Y'all friend, no hit y'all. The one standing in front looks pretty intense. Actually, you can roll a persuasion or intimidation. No, it's persuasion. I'm not trying to scare them. As you say that, you do hear him say, uh, the one chewing the vine says, we should run. And then the one that's closest to you looks over his shoulder and he says, we should have hide. And then the one that's standing in between them both looks directly in your eyes and says, we should kick his tail. So, I'll roll your persuasion check. I'll play your uh, game, Austin. Okay. Yeah. I'll play um, this Dungeons and or Dragons. <laughs> you not fight, y'all. You be for real. Uh, is y'all, y'all here help. Y'all friend. You friend. I rock. I defend my brothers. No need. Not bad. Not hurt? No. Help. And then he's going to quote Cafe. Hork Bajir stronger together. Give me another persuasion roll with advantage. That's a lot better than that last one. You come. You come. You come talk Kefa. Kefa wise. Uh, he looks at you looks over his shoulder, looks at you again and kind of sizes you up. Is danger. Is danger to mess with such a big hork bajir. We come. No, me, no, no. We trust you. You not yes. have the blue ones. Oh, uh, uh-oh. Um, have good, have good, some blue ones friends. Those down there, those blue ones, different. Yeah, they're friends. They friends. help y'all. They help brothers. They, they help brothers. They good. Some bad, these good. Come, brothers. They slowly start to stand up, and he looks over his shoulder, and he says, This boat, and he points to the lankier one. This yum-yum. Uh, hello, yum-yum. Hello, boat. Hello. Hello. We come with. Yes. And slowly these young cork bajir follow, uh, come out of this tree and kind of follow you. Yeah, and then uh, y'all will sort of prepare everybody downstairs by 
yelling in a completely inappropriate manner. Just being like, GAFA! Stronger together! New friends! Y'all see y'all approaching y'all with the <laughs> other pork bajir behind him. He looks at Kefa and says, If Kefa a bird, y'all a bird. Jameer <laughs> <laughs> on fire today. <laughs> I am dead. I cannot breathe. <sighs> Kefa's gonna scramble to her feet. And she's just, she's preparing for these to not be friends. I think if I heard, if I heard the yelling, I'd probably stop wrestling with Bronk and kind of look up. Y'all will be looking down and he will see Kefa sort of like ready to fight. And we'll just kind of be like, no, friends, we help. Because y'all's an expert on everything, or at least he thinks so. He's known them for four seconds, so clearly they're they're friendly. No head bad. How y'all know? Y'all know. Keva's gonna sort of straighten from her like crouched, ready to fight position, and start like looking around and assessing these these young Horkbajir. And I'll tell them to like to to go. Are we on the ground now? Uh, you're with everybody? You all are still coming down. Kefa, give me an insight check, but go ahead, y'all. Okay. Um, and then uh, he's going to kind of wave the three forward to go to Kefa and be like, show, show Kefa no danger. Anytime in this game that you make a insight check to determine if anybody is a controller, you take it with disadvantage. No. That's always my favorite game mechanic, too. I don't know why. I just really like that one. I will say, though, as they come down, they do look a little timid, but you can't... That doesn't give away enough for you to make a determination from what you know. Yeah, but eventually all of them are um, down there with you all. Uh, when they finally get down to the ground, Kefa's going to sort of push y'all to the side and be like, come to Kefa. Uh, you see the more sturdier stronger one of the three uh, step up and move towards you. Kefa's gonna like she saw that the others were kind of small but she's she's kind of looking up at this one now like oh oops friend you see kind of he side eyes y'all nods his, his head and says friend she's gonna turn and look at uh, Sinelian and Alira. How no? I don't think we do know. They act just like normal until until they don't. Y'all is going to uh, go over to the Andalites and just be like, new friends, new friends. And then look over at the three new people. He's like, meet new friends. And then look at the, 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 the three of them again and just be like, new friends, meet new friends. They like wave the sturdier one in front of Kefa first and then yum yum like a more frant- a more excited wave and the other one just kind of like nods his head. And then I'll look at the Andalites and I'll be like new friends scared you. 
I am not afraid. No, no, no. No, they scared you. I see. Blue danger. Yeah, he's going to think he just said everything he needs to. He nailed it. Yep, yep. I got it. I am a master interpreter. Can Illyra, like, watch them carefully? Like, like, she doesn't know that much about Hork-Bajir mannerisms, but, like, she wants to, like, deduce if they are suspicious of the Andalites because they are strange creatures or because Yurks don't like Andalites. Uh, yeah, give me an insight check. And this isn't to see if they're controllers, but to see kind of what they're scared of. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. How's that? It, yeah. As long as he doesn't give you disadvantage, great. <laughs> and, uh, at this point, Yal is pretty much convinced he could serve like on a UN council as a diplomat. Like he is so proud of himself. Sinillian so, feels confident that he has done a great job understanding y'all. Elira. Um, it's hard to tell with the one that's kind of standing right in front of Kefa because he's being so brave for the rest of them. Bolt, the lankier, skinnier one, just seems really, really mad. Um, but in between, like, the excited wave that Yum Yum has been given, he seems genuinely frightened. And yes, it, it seems like it probably is because you connect um, that they're scared of you all because you're blue. You connect that with the Geds. What, where did you three come from? We come from Eastern Clan. I, I don't know. I don't have anything. Y'all is, y'all is done. <laughs> Give a pat's y'all. Good boy. You do good. <laughs> and she's going to turn to them and, and say, uh, they're Hork-Bajir not friends there? Not friends. Bad friends, bad things. They have, they have boom, boom weapon. Alira takes out her shredder and <sighs> kind of. They oh. they back up at that. That's it. She have one. I'm I'm not going to use it. I just wanted to see if this was what you were speaking of, which it seems like. That is the case, and she'll she'll put it away and kind of like put her hands up <laughs> defensively. Did when you say you put the shredder away, did you put it in your new hork purse? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. My oh, my yeah. hork mez bag. Hork mez. Sorry. <laughs> I was just trying to make that work. It doesn't really. But yes, it I, does. I was, trying, I was like. <laughs> Fanny Hork is one <laughs> that I was thinking to. Tim, you're bringing an energy into the studio tonight. <laughs> what about a bag of porking? Is that, is that something too? That's it. <laughs> got it. We got it. <laughs> Keppa is going to uh, sort of circle around. She's going to move away from this kid in front of her uh, and and go closer to Sanillian and Alira and say, come. Sanillian will follow her. Same. Kefa don't want take new friend to find others. 
Cinillian will direct thought speak only to Kepha and Alira and say, Do you want us to stop them? Kepha not know what to do with them, but we don't know who bad. I have been wondering, and she's private thought speaking to both of you, if the Yerks want to use the hork as controllers, do you think they would target the bigger, stronger hork rather than the smaller ones? From what we know of the Yerks, that is probably a safe assumption. So the question becomes, do we think that plays a role in these three? I mean, I personally don't there's no way to know. It's so frustrating not being able to tell. Kepha just repeats, no way to know. What's going on with each as this conversation's going on? So I have an Austin question. Mm-hmm. Would Bronk be able to smell a difference between a regular hork and and a controller? He may. He he does seem to be sniffing around a lot, and he, he that's how he kind of moves around. He sniffs and like kind of gets scents. So he might be able to if if trained. Yeah, Bronk and I are are probably hanging out, and I I definitely don't fully trust them. Um, but as they're not being aggressive, I'm not doing anything. But I'm just kind of eyeing them, like no no hurt. The one that was kind of standing up in, in front of Kefa before she moved away looks at you and he shakes his head. No hurt. No hurt if no hurt us. And he looks to no. y'all. Looks back. Did you just hark Bajir don't start no shit won't be no shit? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't see nothing, don't say nothing. <laughs> We're in one battle now. <laughs> body. Body okay. Head okay? No hurt? I know hurt, but he looks over his shoulder to Bolt. And uh, uh, y'all and each both give me a perception check. You all see Bolt. He's been kind of staying close to Yum Yum as much as he can. But you see that on the side that he's kind of been hiding, there's a big gash in his leg. That parts of it are healing as he, as, as like time goes on. But you see in the middle of this gash, there seems to be like this burn, and that doesn't seem to be healing. Each, each fix. I, I help. No bite. I help. The sturdier one looks, Rock looks over his shoulder at Bolt and he says, Okay, Bolt, let her. And he still like kind of glares, but he nods at you. So I would pull out uh, my soothing solve and I would probably take just a little bit of it and like put it on me first uh, and show and like, wait a second. He looks at you kind of leans forward and looks at it on your skin, doesn't see anything going on, and he nods again. 
I love that. It's like the idea of a doctor just taking a Percocet right in front of you and being like, oh, one for me, two for you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> little hit for me, little bit for you. I like how that's how Tim goes instead of like Neosporin showing like, it's not burning. See, it's good. Tim's like, nope, slamming drugs. <laughs> it's not time for the Boca Boca plant yet. That comes later. Uh, yeah, so I would very very gently and cautiously walk over and and apply soothing solve so six after this gets like rubbed on his wound he winces a little bit at first as like just touching it hurts but it slowly as you know starts to cool and then heat up and then uh just feel better and uh the as if it were icy and then hot. <laughs> to, oh my god. Icy to uh, numb the pain and then hot to dull it away. <laughs> but yeah, it does make him feel better. And you see it kind of helps the skin scab over. Bolt says thank you. Pat chest uh, each. And then gesture to Bronk. And say Bronk. Friend. What Bronk? What bro- Bronk friend. Bronk friend. He leans to Bronk. Bronk friend. Bronk gets in his face. Oh, no. And he, then he has to roll his strength. Eh? <laughs> he sniffs. Bronk strong. <laughs> he sniffs this hort as it leans down to him. And you see Bronx's brow furrow. And lightning quick, he jumps at this hort and knocks him over and starts licking his face. You fucking got me. (laughs) You got me (laughs) so hard with that one. You motherfucker. I I didn't listen to the episode there because I like your other reaction. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) 